Amen. Didn't they do awesome? They do awesome every week, um, especially with that new song, Living Hope. And uh, that's what we want to talk with you about this morning, is the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And now, I have a birthday around Easter. I've worked in a church for a long time, and so I've seen many Easter celebrations, and I love Easter. I love many things about Easter. I love the colors. I love the music. I love the message of Easter, that Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. And throughout all these Easter celebrations, over time, I've learned that when it comes to Easter and things surrounding Easter, there are really two types of people. And so one type of person are the people who who get up early in the morning like y'all do and come to the early services. And then the other type of people are the people who are going to scramble in at 1045 with like three crying kids in the car at the very last minute. So that's one type of people. The other type of people is two types of people when it comes to candy. There are people who love these things, Cadbury cream eggs, and there are people who think that they are the most disgusting thing ever created. Who here likes Cadbury cream eggs? We just want to look towards you with shame, okay? They're they're terrible. They're terrible. I almost wanted to give some away this morning, and I was like, I'm not purchasing them because I want them to go out of business. So, you know, people like Cadbury cream eggs, people who don't like Cadbury cream eggs, and then there's another final divide between two types of people, and that is people who think the Easter bunny, I'm talking about the full-size Easter bunny, is cute and cuddly, and people who agree that the Easter bunny is kind of creepy, right? Like now he's at the mall, he's all over the place, and that's just kind of, to me, a scary animal. But maybe you really like the Easter Bunny, right? There's two kinds of people when it comes to a lot of these things surrounding Easter. And this week, as I've been revisiting the stories of Jesus' resurrection in the Gospels, the account of Jesus' life, when I was reading Matthew's account, Matthew, who walked with Jesus, who was a disciple of Jesus, he, he witnessed his life He was there recording eyewitness testimony of of his death and his resurrection. Matthew, when he's writing about Jesus' final days and the moments after his crucifixion, he writes about two different types of people. And so this morning, I want to share with you from Matthew's gospel, his account of the resurrection. I want you to listen out for the two types of people he talks about. I want you to try to put yourself in this story and view it in your mind. Here's what he says, beginning in chapter 27. He says, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. And Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they were there sitting opposite the tomb. And the next day, that is the day after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter, Jesus he's talking about, said, while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, He is risen from the dead." And then the last fraud will be worse than the first. And so Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. You go, make it as secure as you can. And so they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, that is Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came, and they took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. And so they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. In his account of the resurrection, Matthew describes two different types of people. And the first group that he describes and talks about is a group of people who were seeking the status quo. These are people who knew about Jesus' teachings. They had even seen some of Jesus' miracles. They knew who Jesus was and what he was doing in the world, and they said, we need to stop it. We need to stop it because Jesus is a threat to us and to our way of life. And and you know, in here, there's a number of different people who who are in this group. One is the chief priests and the Pharisees. This group of people, they despise Jesus. Because Jesus and them, they often got into conflict over things like how to interpret God's law, who was included in, in God's kingdom, and who was left out of God's kingdom. And then things came to a head in the last days of Jesus when, when they came to him. And they said, look, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that God has sent into this world to lead and to save his people? And in Mark's gospel, Jesus says, yes, I am. And, and they go crazy. They say, this is blasphemy. And they say, we have to put him to a stop. And so then they take him to a politician. They take him to Pilate. And they say, look, This guy is claiming to be a king. You need to put him down. You need to put him down. And Pilate, you know, he was kind of like an ambivalent government leader. And he's like, you know what? I mean, I'll just listen to my constituents. And so he said, you know what? Okay, fine. We'll crucify him and maybe that'll kind of make people happy. And so he sentenced him to be crucified on a cross like this one over here in the corner. And now you would think that after Jesus was crucified, that these people who were seeking the status quo, that they'd be satisfied and that that would be enough. But then they got word that Jesus had said that he was gonna rise again after three days. And they said, look, well, we have to make sure that that rumor doesn't start spreading and that nobody steals his body and there's no conspiracy to act like he rose from the dead. So then they put armed guards at the entrance to the tomb and they sealed it with a seal we find that they were willing to do whatever it took to stop this man named Jesus, even after he died, because they wanted the status quo. They didn't want anything to change. That was one group of people. Then you have another group of people that Matthew tells us about. 
You have people who weren't seeking the status quo, but instead you have people who were seeking Jesus. Even after he died, Joseph of Arimathea is in this group. Joseph was a rich man who was influential in Jewish society, and he did something very generous and extravagant for Jesus. He went to Pilate and he said, look, can, can I have Jesus' body to give him a proper burial? to give him some dignity. Now, this was significant because in those days, when someone was hung to die on a cross, it was an act of humiliation. And after they died, they would leave them there for the animals to eat them or for their body to just decompose over time. And so he said, look, can I, can I take him? And he put him in a brand new tomb in which no one else laid, an act of extravagant generosity. He was seeking Jesus even after he died. And then you have the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. They had sought Jesus the last number of years. They followed him. They learned from him. They were there to see miracles. They were there at the cross when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for these people don't know what they're doing. They were there when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it is finished. They were there when they took the body down and Joseph placed it in the tomb. And even after Jesus was in the tomb, we find them seeking Jesus. Going there to the tomb early in the morning on the first day of the week, that very first Sunday morning. These people knew that their lives didn't make sense without Jesus at the center of it. They knew that they had no future without Jesus and so they kept seeking him out and they were willing to do whatever it took to continue to be with him. And what's interesting to me when I read this passage is that both of these groups of people learned that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Both groups, the people who were seeking Jesus learned that he had risen from the dead, and the people who were seeking to, to stomp Jesus down and seeking the status quo, they too learned that Jesus rose from the dead. And now a lot of times you hear people say, and I've thought this myself, you know what? Hey, it would be so much easier to believe if I could just see Jesus in the flesh. If that happened, then I would believe. We think, you know what? If I could just see his scars and his, the nails in his hand, the holes that are there, then I would believe. And if I saw the resurrected Christ and I knew that he had predicted his own death and he had come back to life, well, of course, I would follow him all my days. I'd believe in him. I'd, I'd surrender my life to him. I'd do whatever this man says because this man has power. This man has victory. A lot of us kind of think that sometimes. But what's interesting is the people that very first Easter, the guards, especially at the tomb, when an angel came down from heaven and rolled the stone away like it was a pebble, when an angel said, look, he's not here, he has risen, the guards who were there at the tomb, who were literally guarding the status quo and seeking to keep Jesus down, notice that they didn't worship. They didn't bow down. They didn't say, wow, this changes everything for the good in our lives. They didn't receive God's love into their lives. No, they ran, and they ran with fear to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said, look, Jesus has risen from the dead. And together, when they learned the truth about the risen Christ, they received that message as a threat. And they responded with fear. Because they knew if word got out 
that Jesus had really risen from the dead, then everything has changed. Their lives will need to change. Their beliefs will need to change. Their culture is going to change. The world is going to change. And they said, look, we don't want that change. We want things as they are. And so then they put some money on it. They told people to go lie. And they tried to continue to keep the truth about Jesus at bay. But the good news of Easter is that money, lies, power, sin, darkness, violence, death, none of those things can stop Jesus. Jesus has risen from the grave. He has conquered all of those things and it's this unstoppable Jesus who's risen from the grave, victorious, conquering all of those things that the women meet that very first day after they listen to the angel when the angel said, come and see the empty tomb and then go and tell others. As they were going and telling others, they encountered Jesus and how did they respond? They responded a little differently than the other group of people. They received the risen Christ into their lives as a gift and they responded with worship. And by witnessing, going and telling others about him, they bowed down at his feet in worship and they, they said, this is our savior. This man, everything he taught was true. He has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to give everlasting life. He has the power to change everything in our lives right now. The worst thing is never the last thing. Our grief has been turned to hope. And those women, they went and ran and they proclaimed this good news to the disciples. They worshiped and then they witnessed and they went and told other people. And now 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the risen Jesus Christ who people have tried to stop for thousands of years now. Jesus has risen from the dead. And all of that brings us to today. Because today, all over the world, right now, Christians, seekers, skeptics, people are all gathering together and they're hearing this good news proclaimed once again, that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And you and I, just like the people that very first Easter, we have a decision to make. We have to decide whether we're going to be the type of people who receive the good news of Jesus that he's risen from the dead into our lives as a threat or the type of people who are going to receive the good news that Jesus has risen from the dead as a gift. It can be a threat because if Jesus has risen from the dead, then that means that everything has changed. But the temptation is to hear this and then to just keep on seeking the status quo and walk out of here unchanged. But I don't know about you, but when I look out at the status quo of our world, and you just turn on the news and you see the violence, you see the darkness, you see the, the hatred, you see the, the purposelessness, that you can earn a lot of money and not a lot of significance comes from that. When I look out at the status quo, it's not very attractive to me. But when I look to Jesus and everything that he wants to do in us and all that he did for us, I find that it's glorious and it's beautiful. 
And it's something that I want and that God wants for you. Because look, Jesus is glorious because his entrance into this world means that, that if we're seeking him, we will find him because God didn't wait for us to find him. God in Jesus Christ came into this world to find us despite our sin because he wanted a relationship with us. Jesus is glorious because the cross, which was meant as a tool for torture and execution and humiliation, Jesus has transformed into a tool of salvation. Jesus now uses the empty cross as a sign to reveal to us his love and the extent that he was willing to go to love you and me and to provide a way for us to be forgiven of our sins. Jesus is glorious because the empty tomb means that death doesn't have the final word for Jesus and it doesn't have to have the final word for you and for me. It means that we can have hope, that through faith in Jesus, we can live with him forever. We too can have resurrected bodies. We can have a changed life here and now and we can have eternal life in the future. And the glorious message of Easter is that Jesus didn't come for one type of person. He came for all people. He came for all of us, people who are young and people who are old. He came for men. He came for women. He came for the rich. He came for the poor. He came for people of all ages and nations and races. Jesus came lived, died, and rose again for people who love Cadbury cream eggs and for people who think that they are the most disgusting thing in the world. Jesus came for all of us and he wants to transform all of us from the inside out. All we have to do is to receive him as a gift into our lives, to receive the forgiveness, the hope, the salvation, the light, the life, and the eternal life that he wants to give to us all we have to do is receive him and believe in him. All we have to do is to proclaim, you know what? God did raise Jesus on the third day and then let him lead us into the future. Trust him with our entire lives. And guess what? The future with Jesus is a future of light instead of darkness. It's a future of salvation instead of sin. It's a future of life instead of death. It is a future of worshiping and witnessing to others all that God has done on our behalf. And Jesus wants that for you, personally, today. And my hope, whether this is the first time you've ever heard that message or whether this is the thousandth time, I hope that you'll make that decision to open up your heart to him once again. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are living and that you are reigning right now in heaven. We thank you that you are on the loose transforming things in our world and that you haven't left us to ourselves. Jesus, we thank you that Death doesn't have the final word for us in our lives. We thank you that you give life, abundant life here and eternal life in the future. We thank you for your sacrifice and for rising again for us and so that we could know you. Jesus, 
in, in this room right now, there are some of us who have come here hopeless. There are some of us who have come here skeptical. There are some of us who have come here just, just not content with our lives. God, there's some of us who've come here with joyful hearts and we pray that you would meet all of us right now. That you would pour out your love into our hearts and you would help us see the beautiful work that you've done for us. Something that we couldn't do for ourselves. So Jesus, we thank you for this day and we pray that you would guide us and that you would lead us into the beautiful future that you desire for us. And we ask all these things In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.